what's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. So, you know, here I am. Here I am. It is Tuesday. 7.39 p.m. on the 3rd of May, 2022. Pulling out of the office... Heading on down the road, this guy jumping out of his pickup truck like he, like he's gonna fucking take a stance, you know? Like, what is he gonna do? Walking out to the road like, hey, go ahead, run me down, you son of a bitch. I don't even care. This is my town. Think you're gonna drive around here all aggressive like? Got my bogey boy by my side. He's an interesting character, you know. He's had a, a busy day. He had a veterinary appointment just up the road here. And uh, got a clean bill of health. Got a little Lyme disease injection. Probably cost about $1,000. Because veterinary health, even though I, I give away my freaking sell my soul for this creature's uh, clean bill of health. Um, you know, shit's expensive, motherfuckers. They keep you coming like a chiropractor. Keep you coming because they want to buy their fancy car. Right? I know that's a stereotype. Try to be the anti. Try to be the the chiropractic version of Robin Hood. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. That doesn't quite work out. But you know, I'm a merry man, and I I like to look out for people, make sure that they get more than they pay for. I think most veterinary places do too, right? <laughs> All right, so let's see. We got some topics of discussion. You know, something like that I pondered yesterday. It was really on my mind. Was at the end of a long hard day. What do you want? What do we all want at the end of a long day? I feel like we would like we would prefer to have something to show for it, something to uh, to reward us for our efforts. Maybe that's money in the bank. Maybe that is satisfaction of a job well done. Maybe it's you know just feeling like you've done something, like you contributed to the greater good somehow in your work. You know, I know people like their work to you know it helps people. They like to, you know, it makes them feel even better about what they do. We help a lot of people where I am, where I, in my practice, so what is better now? I also often feel like that. I often say, like, we're not making widgets, you know? We're not making fucking some factory just making some bullshit. This is, not there's anything wrong with that. Like, you can justify whatever. I'm just saying, dealing with people's health, wealth, you know, and health is wealth. We're dealing with their friggin', you know, Trying to help people boost their positive mental attitude, trying to love on them, make them feel good, and it's it's rewarding work. Anyway, everybody wants to feel good, like they accomplish something at the end of a long hard day, right? <clears throat> right. 
and uh, look at my bogey staring right into my eyes. He's got his muzzle right on my little um, console here between seats. Looking right into my eyes. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, are we going to have some food when we get home? Hell yeah, bro. I want to give you a nice, nice meal. So we want to feel accomplished at the end of a long, hard day. Look at Bogey does. He's interacted with all these people and loved on them and you know, licked on them and played with things and all that. Now he just wants to go home and be with us. Now, other people that live, you know, across the world in these terrible, you know, places of conflict like the Ukraine stuff, think about that. Like, we want to, we want to frickin' feel some satisfaction for a job well done or having studied hard and made the grade or whatever you do, you know, had a good day, got some things done around the house, knocked some things out this weekend. There are people that would love to have, you know, those challenges, those problems, you know, feel accomplished in those ways. There are people who fucking house has been, you know, bombed out, missiles, fucking missile strikes out of their homes, left all their shit with just the clothes on their back, fucking dragging a shitty suitcase down a bumpy road, trying to become a refugee and leave their their home where they raised their family and their they were raised themselves, and they have millions of memories and special occasions and family dinners and vacations and all this stuff. These fucking Ukrainians, they would love to have, you know, some, you know, to be able to go to the damn Freddie, Freddie Hill Farms Family Fun Center and hit some golf balls. What are you do after work? I'm going to hit some golf balls. You know, I'm going to hit a bucket of balls. I'm going golfing this Saturday. It's supposed to be really nice. Right? Other people don't have the luxury. And I just find that so crazy and so criminal that there are people, from no fault of their own, that they're saddled with these fucking shitty situations. It really is terrible, man. Very, very unfortunate. So that's the first topic. I'm sure you agree. Just fucked up, man. Fucked up. Speaking about angels from heaven, um, a couple things. I don't know if I shared this story before, but I, I have a friend who is. When I first met him, he was a magician. Okay, a real life magician who would do birthday parties and stage shows in Atlantic City and all over the tri-state area. He was damn good. He'd come to the office and he'd do coin tricks and he'd do all kinds of sleight of hand sort of things. He was very, very impressive. 
And so I found it interesting that he was in uh, seminary. He, that's right, he was going to be, uh, he wanted to be a pastor. He wanted to maybe start up his own church. He wanted to do something involving the Lord, you know, and, and praising the Lord. Cool. It means I can be there at 8 a.m. tomorrow instead of 7.30. That works. So, uh, so my friend, he was a magician, and he was an, a pastor in training. I always thought it was a great combination to be a pastor, because I knew many people who were in this seminary. It was a Baptist seminary, so quite strict, fundamentalist kind of church. Very firm beliefs, and wonderful people, very respectful I love them all. I know many of them, dozens, from this church. And many of them became my patients, and I care very deeply for them. And while I respect their beliefs, I never quite... I could never believe them. I could never buy what they were selling. And many of them tried, because they cared for me as well, I could tell. They tried to, um, you know, to reach me, to be the one who was able to connect with me in a way that would make me join their flock or believe in to come to an understanding as they to understand God and theology as they do. They were in school, you know, be like a chiropractic student today, you know, being tasked with teaching somebody, impressing a layperson or another healthcare provider of the benefits of chiropractic, which they could do quite readily. They can make a case the best of them could. Like, right? I mean, like, this is your profession. You need to teach people, like, tell them what you do, how you can help them. Well, you ever have any headaches? You ever have any low back pain? Well, everybody has headaches and low back pain. You ever have a stiff neck? Well, these are the ways that I can, those are the things that could be going on. Do you have any x-rays, MRIs? Do you, you know, see any other doctors? Have any of these symptoms? Pain shooting down your arm, down your leg? Do these strength tests? You can do a million different things to determine the function. <clears throat> of, uh, you know, loss function and pain, provocation, and then you, you know, this is the way I fix it, and then they feel what you do, and you're like, okay, and they're like, oh, shit, that really feels great, that really helped, my pain's gone, you're like, okay, boom, it's a freaking turnkey thing, that's just one example of a profession, so now, these students were in seminary. How do you impress them? What a what a challenge they're they've got. They've got to they've got to teach this sinful world. They've got to start a church in the year twenty, whatever the year two thousand ten. Let's say this sinful society is terribly. I don't know. Their stories are true. This fallen society, this sinful world. They're supposed to spread the word about how we should. You know, God gave his only son who lived a sinless life and came down to die for our sins because we couldn't do it. We, 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 he gave us a perfect world and we destroyed it. You know, Adam and Eve ate, from, ate of the apple. Don't eat this apple, guys. Hey, hang out in here. You're naked. You're, men and, you're male and female. You have parts that fit together to procreate and it feels good rub together fast don't fool around don't eat the forbidden fruit 
course, they did both things, and so on and so forth, you know. I'm not trying to be derogatory or disrespectful. This was the task that these um, students, this, you know, as, as future pastors, who would start a church, basically it's, I mean, there's only a few things you can really do, right? Work at a school, a theological school, some sort of Christian environment. Uh, I don't know what other job opportunities you have today as a clergyman, as a person of God. What are your options to make a living, to provide for a family, to to get ahead in life, you know, to feel fulfilled at the end of the day? So I thought it was unbelievable that this guy, I, I felt like this magician turned pastor had such an such an opportunity such a head start on the competition because he was like normally people that think about religion they think that magic is like something dark like that is how do you do that you know is that voodoo is that god you know or not god satan at work you know are you into black magic are you into you know deceit like you know satan because if it's not god then it must be the devil. I had people, and I mentioned this before about Halloween, there are some friends of mine, very good friends, that they didn't celebrate Halloween because they felt like it was a devil-worshipping holiday, which I'm sure some people regard it like that, but most people just want to... My feelings about Halloween are you we are disguising ourselves as things that are scary and kind of making fun of those things in a way. Oh, I'm going to dress up like a warlock. Oh, I'm going to dress up like Dracula. Hey, I'm going to dress up like a ghost. There's things that we don't understand or they're monsters that we've have been made up over the years and we are going to, um, you know, we're going to kind of make fun of these things that go bump in the night. But um, I don't think that Halloween's the devil, you know. But I do believe there's good and evil in this world. Um, I think that most people have a little bit of both in them. They've got a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And by their actions and their their voluntary actions, by the way, by the way they choose to live their life, um, you know, that there are, by learning, by leadership, by example, by, you know, um, observing this world we can make the right decisions without having some sort of book which is a guide now a guide is always helpful but I think that a lot of the stories in the Bible put plainly I think that a lot of the biblical tales are allegories in other words they are stories that have been written a long long time ago and other stories other religions, similar tales, by the way, um, were written and told through the oral tradition, and it's just like us making sense of this crazy world, you know, what kind of crops are we going to have, what kind of, are our fields going to go fallow this year, or are they going to reap record crops, record freaking growth, and they didn't have any real means to predict weather. Other than, you know, fucking Uncle Philip's freaking knee is starting to ache. Or, you know, there's a cloud on the horizon. 
now we've delineated a lot of these processes about winds and weather, and so now we know we can predict things a little bit better, a little bit better. So there were stories that were written up, that were written to help us describe to, to cope and with a with a, an often unpredictable world and a lot of heartache that could arise. You know, there's a tells his name. Um, he wrote. Uh, he was a biblical, uh, not biblical, a scholar of religion and com- comparative religion and myth. Now, scholar uh, theologians probably wouldn't like those. You know, those two put together, myth and comparative religion. But the fact of the matter is, there are I think six thousand religions in this world, and of course, the main ones we are most familiar with. But they say often contradictory things, and they have different gods. Some of them worship one god, others worship multiple gods, and, you know, there are some common threads, but there are also some, some stark differences, and I, I'm not saying, I'll never say never to anything, but I've spoken to a great many people who try to sell me on their religion from Christian patients and friends to, you know, boot camp experience when Sunday during church, if I went to a non-denominal service, it was the only time that I would have away from the um, the only break that we got from the drill instructor screaming at us to um, my almost abduction from Scientologists into Scientology in Clearwater, Florida told you that story before, right? But all this to say that I, you know, I see a lot of things. I'm a spirit, very spiritual person. And uh, I've been, lately, what I've decided to do, because I haven't been as prolific in writings, Facebook posts, but I, what I like to do is I see these little quotes or little scenes, something positive, something uplifting for people, and I've just decided to take all these little screenshots or images uploaded or nice quotes and I just share them as an image collection. Yesterday I shared a bunch of things um, about, uh, you know, positive thinking and uh, help me. Uh, Oh, the one was by something, not Deepak Chopra, but some writer or poet or sage that said, uh, we are the sky, everything else is just the weather. Thought that that was beautiful, interpreted however you would like. Um, another one was uh, a depiction, a meme with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and said, uh, this is Charlie over Depp and this is the Chocolate Factory by Amber Heard, Amber Turd, all that stuff, you know, just trying to be funny. They're trying to make you think, trying to be funny, trying to express myself in the images that cross my path. So I think that a friend of mine must have seen my little image dump and thought about the uplifting stuff that I shared, but most of it was kind of like secular, you know, like things that man is using to try to make themselves feel better and express themselves. But he, a good friend of mine, and I love him and I respect him, but he thought that he should reach out to me and send me, you know, a standard 
version of why of uh, what I just said the Christian story of uh, God you know sacrificing his only son to die for our sins and Jesus was a sinless you know you know innocent uh, lamb the lamb of God right and I'm gonna give you my only son who's the purest of the pure because you guys can't do it you guys can't run your own show, so I have to resort to killing my own son and sacrificing him for your sins. And I think that that is absolutely ridiculous. That whole concept. I'm going to make this ultimate sacrifice. I'm going to give you my only son. You know, and it could have been a daughter, by the way. It doesn't have to be child, but, you know, of course, everything has always been about the male. The male has been, has ruled, has been strong, has been, and women have been in barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. You know, that's true, you know, it's a, say history is written by the, those who won wars. Well, who went to war? Most often it was men, you know, as far as we know, and it was, um, you know, who, who had jobs, who went, you know, the whole fucking... Flint's, Fred Flintstone and Wilma thing. That's part of the reason why I think the Bible was written in a certain way, although there were important female figures. There's a lot that I don't know. And he, he wanted to share this book that I think imparts this whole thing, and it was about evidence of, you know, the truth in the Christian tale. And I don't ever want to turn my attention away from potential, you know, evidence or um, truth. I, I would, I do believe there there are some truths in this world, at least some relative truths. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty fierce fart. But um, I, you know, I said that we would talk about, it, and I would be willing to have a conversation with him. I don't know when, uh, walk and talk or something like that. But it per, it definitely perplexes me how people. You know, this is such a complex world that people think that it is it is that simple. It's just that simple. All we got to do is just... So I just need to believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and everything is going to be... Everything's going to be better. He died for our sins, so all I got to do is, you know, worship Him. And we're all good. So, let me share some. There's something that I... see here. There is a... Uh... Oh, this is good. This is gonna... gonna sum up how I feel about religion. And this is a quote by Richard Dawkins. It says, I'm against religion because it teaches us to be satisfied with not understanding the world. Because it does. It says, hey, it's just as simple. You need to believe in this biblical tale. And the rest of it, you know, don't try.